0: To season two of Praropod. We are sisters, one West Coast, one East Coast, one straight mom of toddler twins, one gay, uh, multiply divorced, <laughs> one lifelong gag of the Chrissy fan, one new reader. Season one got the two of us through the first shitty year of COVID. Follow along with us for season two as we drink. And sometimes, remember to talk about the book. We Welcome to Broadway Pod Christmas Edition. Broadway Pod Christmas Edition. I am sitting by a roaring fire and have chocolate in my mouth, which is always a good <laughs> way to record. <laughs> There are stockings by the fire and the Christmas tree, which Amanda has seen because last weekend, Amanda came and visited for Thanks Miss 2021. Thanks Miss! Which is a good way to um, avoid holiday bump up in travel uh, flights and do all the traveling before Omicron right seriously right I've oh man i was looking at your rates it hasn't really hit portland yet right we, our rates no, are insane really. like friday we had the highest new cases we've ever had yeah the good news is hospitalizations aren't like they were right fingers crossed so, that that stays true yeah but yeah but let's not talk about that now. That's why we're doing this is to That's why we're doing about. this podcast, to ignore reality and talk about murder. <laughs> Woo! So, this is in the today's story is entitled Hercu Poirot's Christmas and we are recording this just before Christmas 2021. Although I'm behind on editing, so hopefully I will get it out in a Christmassy, timely manner because I still haven't edited the last one. Um, And what's interesting about this one entitled Hercule Proverbs Christmas is it has nothing to do with Christmas. And it doesn't, it's just, I mean, I guess it is family all coming together and someone gets killed. Right. So, uh, yeah, a whole family comes together for Christmas and somebody gets killed. Oh wait, setting right. the stage written in nineteen thirty-eight. Which I was noting looking at Agatha Christie.com that she wrote a bunch of books that were published in 37 and only one that was published in 38. And I say only one, like writing these things are super easy. Like why was it? But it's just kind of interesting to note. I so no don't what was did several a year. Yeah. Because I couldn't write a novel in a year. And, and then have, yeah, so anyway. But yeah, right. so it's so, just interesting yeah. to know. So, but the, yeah, so it's a very, um, it's a murder in the battle. Definitely. Because they're at a home. And it's a, it's a big, it's a big home of a rich man. Whose uh, family all is super fucked up and needs therapy. Um, what else? Um, the, the oh yeah, the... No, P- Portia gets sad when it's somebody who you know shouldn't be killed gets killed, and this is one of those like everybody's like, oh my god, how has he not been killed before this? Right, because um, he's super evil. But it's still it's a sad one because the family's so fucked up. Yeah, know, so this one's really dark it's really dark and bloody and i had trouble finding a protagonist to root for because right. all of the family members were like sad but it wasn't like i was like rooting for the plucky under you know i was more just like all of you guys are fucked up and need therapy yeah yeah definitely I don't, so, yeah so the premise is this very rich old man, Simeon, Simeon? Lee. Simeon? Simeon Lee, okay. So, um, has adult children. And some of, like, he lives with his one son and his wife. And this son, like, totally dotes on him. Even though and, he's evil. And Mr. Lee, like, openly mocks him to his face. He does all these different things just to try to control him. And is kind of the worst. But this that son is super devoted to him and just does whatever he wants. Another son is a master of parliament, but living off his father's. What's that? Member of Parliament, not Master of Parliament. Oh, right. (laughs) I mean Master of ceremonies. Member of Parliament. Right. He's a member of Parliament. And so he definitely life. lives off his father's money because one of the threats that his father makes while he's there is that he's going to have to cut down, you know, his 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 money that he gets. So he's beholden to his father for money, but he's a member That's of Parliament. George, yeah. and then then there's the guy who refers to himself as the prodigal son, Harry. Henry, Harry, Henry, um, Harry, some H one, I can't remember. But Harry, like, I don't know what he did that was so bad and disrespectful to his father, but Alfred's We do know bad. what he did. We did he, uh, he yeah, it's Harry, not Henry. So Harry, when he was at school, like wrote fraudulent checks on his father's name to steal money from him. Ah, yeah. And that was, was just a trend of him doing shit like that. But that was that was the kicker. Right. So he's been Somewhere colonial, was he in the states? Was he in South Africa? He was somewhere, right? Well, he just was came South back was... because that's where Stephen came from, right? Okay, so but he's been away and he's been gone for like right. 10 years, so this is his first time home in a very long time. I think it was then, 20, but yeah, yeah. But the book actually opens with a man coming from South Africa before we even met this family, a man named Mm Stephen. was like, should I even do it? I've been determined to do it. I guess I'm going to go do it, but we don't know what it is. And he, on the train, you know, he's clearly just come from South Africa and he meets a charming young Spanish woman. And And then they're both bitching about how... um December in London is super depressing and dark and everyone's like Mah. right. No one talks to each other and it's just dark and depressing. And they're flirting on the the train and then he sees an address on her luggage and is like, "Wait, what? She's going to where I'm going." So they end up both ending up at the same house, the Lee house, and they pretend they haven't met before, but they just met on the train. But he is he introduces himself as the son of Mr. Lee's former business partner in South Africa. And, and she, she... introduced herself as his daughter's daughter. Right. His daughter has passed away, and she married a Spaniard. And so she's the daughter's daughter coming to... Again, she'd been invited. So he kind of brought everyone together, and then this Stephen guy just showed up. And apparently... So um, the wives... Harry doesn't have a wife. Stephen, who I figured out would have been um, the same age as all of them ish. But for some reason, he came across as younger. Um, He doesn't have a wife. But George, the member of parliament, has a trophy wife. Alfred has a sensible wife. And and we forgot David. Alfred is the one that he lives with. I don't think we said that. Um, who's not afraid of this jerky guy? And then we forgot about David. David's the one who hates his father, hasn't been home in a long time, and has. Um... I forgot about him. Right, he has like basically fallen out with his father, and his wife convinced him to come because she was like, you know, look, he's he's reaching out, he's getting old, you know, let's let bygones be bygones and go for Christmas. And so they come because he was really close to the mom, and. Who's passed away, but Simeon Lee is such a jerk. He also like even bad his ex wife, and like so from the beginning, he refers to his being a terrible husband and how he was, you know, flandering, and his wife was always uh, sad. Yeah, yeah, and he kind of like insults her memory, like yeah, she was always sad. I was a terrible husband, but she was stupid, and she should have and- been. She should have fought back he likes it when people fight back right so he definitely has this like thing where he's abusive and then when people try to get on his good side with being submissive then he just gets more abusive so he's like that with this son with alfred that he lives with but the wife kind of fights back and so he likes her even though she hates right. him it's this whole thing and and he invited everybody for christmas and um he hasn't done that in years long long time so people haven't been together in a long time and no um, one has ever met his granddaughter but he invited her and i'm guessing everybody's in their 40s from the way yeah, they're Kids any- is an indicator but if the granddaughter is of age now that she's like you know you know 20. late young 20s yeah so, um, yeah, I'm passing their 40s to 30s, and apparently, the granddaughter is very attractive because there's a lot of grossness. Whereas Harry's like, too bad you can't marry your niece, which yeah. is gross, and um, so uh, he invites everyone and some of the wives are like he's an evil man who's just trying to manipulate us and david's wife is like oh maybe he's getting remorse in his old age right so she convinces none him of this to is true yeah none of this right. is true he just wants to mess with them talk about changing the will for no reason and he's super rich he has like a staff of i don't know 10 you know where he's got the butler plus like a staff under the butler like think Downton Abbey kind of thing where he's right just there's a him. scene where the butler is freaking out because one of the footmen one of the footmen is not doing his job correctly so that gives you an idea like I was totally right. obviously not when I first read it but this time when I reread it I was picturing the head butler from Downton Abbey, you know, like oh. where he's like, <laughs> I have to make sure that everybody's like doing their job correctly. And if they're not, I'm going to yell at them. But and then my most also- I finally finished Downton Abbey, the movie. Oh, yeah. And there I was gay stuff. That. I loved it. Well, I never saw the show, or I tried, but I got bored. But, but also, <laughs> it was a rough time. I'm not saying anything about it. Was, it was a time in my life. I was watching a dad's house. There was a lot going on. But. The movie um, was fun, and there's gay stuff. I was so excited. I didn't even know it was going to be gay. I was, like, halfway watching it, halfway sleeping on the plane. And I was like, hold on. Is that, that a man-on-man kiss rewind? <laughs> 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 Got to go back and see what's going on here. See the story building. It was adorable. So, I um, – but, yeah. So, the the head butler, I was now imagining where it yeah, was yeah, you know, as him, because he was like freaking out. And a lot of the story is from his point of view. I mean, a fair amount is from the butler's mm-hmm. point of view. And, and his main thing was like, I got this job to do and I'm trying to do it. And his family is crazy, but I'm not going to ever say that because that would be disrespectful. And so- one of the biggest plot things that happens is that um, Mr. Lee, Mr. Simeon Lee, arranges for the butler to have his family come to the room. And then he's like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe you overheard that phone call that I made while you guys I-, I told you to come to the room." And he's like, "Yes, Mr. lawyer. What? I want you to come here because I will change my will. No, after the holidays is fine." Like it's a it's a fake call. Right. And right. definitely like arranged it for everyone to hear. But he basically is threatening to change his will, And we are assuming and the family is assuming that Alfred, the one he's been living with, is going to inherit a lot, you know, the other sons that are in good favor. But now that Harry's back and it's funny because Harry get embezzled from him and had a falling out. But he kind of likes the rebellious streak in Harry. So you, you imagine that he's going to give some to Harry in the new will. And you also imagine that he's going to give some to the new granddaughter because he's like totally getting along with her. He's talking about her constantly. What's her name? Pilar. Pilar, yeah. Constantly saying like, oh Pilar, she's so great, blah blah blah. So you imagine that he's gonna cut into the other people's share and add in Harry and Pilar to the will. By the way, Pilar, um in the book version, when um I can't remember if it was the superintendent or one of the cops was describing all the people who lived in the house after the murder and they said "pillar." only they pronounced it as a part of architecture that's what right, it. right yeah in and in the audio book he, he you know the pillar? one of them says pillar yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when they write it like i was thinking in the audio book they just have to say he said pillar you know, instead of bizarre, yeah. and I just thought it was hilarious. But I was wondering they didn't have to say like a part of architecture, like Yeah, like. but I they did you know say that part. It was funny because you're like, he you just Yep. hmm Yeah, because again they're all like, Oh, that's an unusual name. So um, but, Yeah, so they're and, all and they there. Talk, and oh did you did you think of this? So when I'm like reading this whole um uh, set up and the family and then the, the Spanish granddaughter that he has a good relationship with, I totally got Knives Out. And I was right. wondering if this was the inspiration for Knives Out because, I mean, like the the um, the caregiver isn't a granddaughter and she's not Spanish, but she is a la- young Latinx. Right, you right. Know, like, no, I know. The only, like, one it's a... with, the only one that gets along with the dad. And like so it, it kind of, the mood reminded me of and this Knives is out. very Knives Out. I, I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That. This is so Knives Out. Yeah, it, it might have been a major inspiration for for Knives Out. This is very Knives Out. I hadn't thought of that. You're right. I mean, because also Knives Out feels like an Agatha Christie murder in a bottle. Like well, it just does. Everybody you know, refers to it as very Agatha Christie esque, and so I was wondering if this might one of might have been but one of the major. But this is very specific, like, yeah. Just because, yeah, with her being, you know, the young outsider. Yeah. So anyway. So, so anyway, like, it's Christmas well Eve. And, a major plot point. Go ahead. What You were saying. So uh, it's Christmas Eve, and he did the whole, like, I want to change my will right before Christmas dinner. And then they all dressed for Christmas dinner. And then Christmas Eve yeah, dinner. Christmas Eve dinner, sorry, and then they went and had dinner, and everybody and this is from the point of view of the butler which I can't remember his name, it starts with T Tervellian Tavellian, and he's like just worried about it from a purely logistical point of view, it's a lot to do for Christmas Eve dinner but he's com- noticing that everybody seems super tense and, um, oh yeah, and then oh, we forgot to mention Horbury who's like uh simeon lee's private masseuse uh sex slave i don't know who is he what i i don't know the <laughs> <Burberry. laughs> guy who was um uh, he actually was in trouble but we don't know that till later but he's sneaky he's his private manservant you're right. It was his private. how are you looking at me like you've never heard of this person? No, no, I he's know the, the guy. Name. I didn't I you know me, I looked for the gay and I was like, I never was like, oh, that's his private you know, cabana boy. It is clearly his cabana boy.
1: Oh, that has been around
0: for a year. He's young. He trusts him even though he's slimy as heck. It's clearly his cabana boy. <sighs> no, Oh, no, you're right. Oh, man, I miss, I miss the undertones. I'm slipping on my game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's Harbury, who's part of the house staff, but he's more of a personal attendant to Mr. Lee. So you're right. he isn't under the control of the butler. Right, which the butler um, clearly, like, it's, it's awkward. Like, there's tension there. Right. And uh, not a, because because um, I was thinking him as like a personal secretary, but you're right; he's not as respectable as a secretary would be. No, he called him a manservant. Like, if you have a butler, why do you also need a manservant? I mean, <laughs> it's for Cabana Boy reasons. Oh, it's for Cabana Boy reasons. I mean, anyway, um, or you know, and I don't necessarily. I mean, because he's an old guy, so he probably you know. I don't mean to make make it all um, dirty. No, uh, but he's a dirty old man, and that was actually part of the setup we didn't give yet. Is that he would, in front of all his family and anyone, make these comments about like, "I probably got kids out there I don't know about, and all my kids, you know what I mean, and like I've cheated on my right, wife, but right. you know she was stupid, so blah blah blah." Like he definitely like made references to being a dirty old man a lot. Right. So you're right. I mean, that's not off the table. (laughs) It's totally not off the table because he's paying this guy. And the guy clearly, and we find out later, I mean, the whole, the cops are here. I dropped a cup and broke it, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But then later, it's true that he was a, I can't remember why he was worried that the cops might get him. But clearly, if you hire a man service, the cops might got you. You might be hiring a manservant for something other than what manservants are supposed to do. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I don't even know what manservants are supposed to do, though, because how do you have a uh, like a staff of 12, you know, and then you're like, oh, and I also need a personal manservant. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. The part I was confused about that I had to go back for is that the father... Mr. Lee, who's, you know, no spoiler, or spoiler but not shock, is the victim. He doesn't go to Christmas Eve dinner, and I thought that was weird, because he's hosting. But I went back and read, and it was kind of like, he was an invalid. He never, oh my god, reading these books has got me using terrible ancient, ableist language. (laughs) Invalid, (laughs) yes. And that was the word that she used. That's a terrible thing to say, (laughs) but he did not leave his room is what I would say. So he stayed in his room and he, his tradition, his, his habit was that he would stay in there. And like, after, you know, a certain time, the late afternoon, evening, he would just have like, you know, supper or whatever in his, in his room. And he wouldn't attend dinner with the family. That was his normal pattern. And he would only see the family later if he called for them, specially because I was so confused by that, like, why is it not weird that he's not at the Christmas Eve dinner when the whole family is here? That's weird. But right. that's what, that was just because of him, um, you know, his being old and frail and just maybe just being antisocial or controlling or whatever. He didn't typically attend that Right. And because he was a rich guy, he could be like, you come to me. So
1: right. Like, Bring me my he supper. I call a nurse. with you.
0: Right. So that Fake phone call he did, he told the butler or Horbury, I can't remember which one, have them come at this exact time. And a... as you're coming, raise your voice when you're coming down the hall so that I can hear you coming. Right. You know, so he brings people to him. Right.
1: So these as... rich
0: people do. Right. So they, so you, as you were saying, there was a big Christmas Eve dinner with the whole family there. And but he- one thing we, we forgot to say is that I mentioned that Horbury dropped a cup when the cops showed up, which, you know, is like Agatha Christie's like go-to whenever, you know, you can say, dun-dun-dun, he's got a record. Um, but um, uh, the local superintendent, is that what they called him? Sugden showed up before dinner. Yes. As they were getting ready, um, and then uh, everybody had dinner after that, and then they all they left dinner, and it was kind of tense, and everybody left. And but the superintendent only friends. met with with Mister Lee; he didn't meet with the family. And at some point, we hear the story right. from uh, Trevelyan that he was come, he was collecting for police um, charity. Yeah, yeah for the for the police charity yeah and then they talk about how everybody's begging this time of year or something or herbury says that um, and then superintendent leaves and then they have dinner and this is all from the yeah he's talking to Harbury and he's like wait a policeman came and he drops his cup He's right. like what did he want and he's like, oh he was collecting for charity and then right. like right right so then they have the tense dinner, and then everybody leaves and um, scatters throughout a house. Which is presumably wait, leave on about one on the plot. plate. Oh, what was the part? Uh, oh, well, he part of what he the reason he was rich is because he developed maybe like a piece of machinery that had to do with because he worked in mining when he was in South Africa. Hashtag bug So he was he had his money was from this invention but he was involved in mining of diamonds so he had this in his safe this bag of uncut diamonds that he would take out and play with so he'd taken them out and showed him to pilar and she'd be like those are just pebbles and he's like no these are uncut diamonds and so there was this whole thing with him and his and his uncut diamonds right he is a lot everybody knew him at him he kept him in the safe um but apparently, they were worth 10,000 pounds in 1938. Right. Lots of money. Which, apparently, if I try to go away and look what that is on my phone, everything will go down. <laughs> yes. So I know the listeners enjoy it when we live Google things, but we'll just say it was a bunch of money. Right. And on top of what he already had. Is probably, you know, I don't know, $50,000. Now, All a right, lot. because yeah, anyway, and that's they were just yeah, so and he was like, I don't need to sell them. They said that, right? Because yeah, Pilar was like, Why don't you sell them or you know, have them finished? and he was like, I don't need the money and I just like to have them because it reminds me of that time. He also said so- something about like revenge being a slow burn for him and how he's like exacted revenge on people in the past. Mm. Which kind of made when you know a couple of times when I was like looking for the murderer, it made me think it had to do something with that, right? Right, he just seemed like a terrible, terrible person. So, by the way, Simeon Lee sounds like the other worst person in literature, Simon Legree. Did you ever read Uncle Tom's Cabin? <laughs> no so uncle tom's cabin was written in the 1840s by harriet beecher stowe and it was an anti-slavery novel Okay, i know about it but because of reasons i've never read it so i mean and it um, it basically created some of the tropes that we have about slavery but she was writing it because she was like slavery is bad we should stop it um So the word Uncle Tom comes from it, which Mm -hmm. is ironic because Uncle Tom in it is not um, sucking up to anybody. They are horribly beaten and treated badly by the slave owner named Simon LeGree. Huh. And whenever I saw Simeon Lee. It reminded you of that. I would think Simon LeGree. Like it just every time. And it was something funny, because I was thinking, well, this book was written in 38, almost 100 years after Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, but it was just one of those funny things where, in both cases, it was supposed to be a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And I, my brain just was like, well, of course, horrible people are named. <laughs> something so many, that rhymes the so bad, <laughs> You know, and, and it was, that book has a lot of problems, but the underlying goal of it, and actually successfully, it really turned a lot of people in the North against slavery, Um, although it did have a lot of um, tropes that we would find very uncomfortable in terms of some of the um, white savior or um, um, uh, slaves aren't fully people kind of thing, Right, but the goal was to try to help people see the humanity of people of enslaved people and get angry about it, which it did, you know, Interesting. but it's funny. I haven't read that book in a long, long time. I read it as part of my study of us history and abolitionists, but it was, every time I read semi and Lee, I would think Simon, the great, anyway, it's just <laughs> one of those funny things. Yeah. I'm like, okay. No, they're, they're very similar. Anyway, so sorry. Um, That was a little side note into literature that Portia has read. That, anyway. (laughs) With names Um, that rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Names that rhyme, yeah. (laughs) Bad guy names that rhyme. Um, So, uh, anyway, they all split after dinner. This is what we're saying. They all split after dinner, and then they hear a horrible crashing, 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 and then scream that a scream that was apparently the most it's funny to kind of hear you can kind of imagine that Agatha Christie just wants us to hear something because they describe it as the most bone chilling sound you've ever heard or I don't even know like yeah they have all these different ways of describing it very like almost unhuman and bone chilling and like a pig to the slaughter just like all these different things like it was the scream was so important right and then everybody rushes up. And there's this big deal about where everybody is when it happens because someone's playing records and someone's playing the piano in a different room. Obviously, it's a huge house because y'all can be playing records and piano in different rooms and right. not interfering with each other. And um, the two but brothers she- that don't get along are in the room together having an argument. But then Harry and uh, Alfred. George went to go member of parliament went to go make a phone call. And so did his wife um, at the same time. Right <laughs> they're, oh, still light up. So anyway, everybody's in a different place. And then they hear this. they all hear cross, this like... noise. Yeah. And, they and then they up, go up, they run up, they break down the door. And door old man's in there, like lying in the most blood ever. Which they describe a million different ways. It's just like the bloodiest bloody crime scene you've ever blooded. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. But also, like, Lydia quotes Lady Macbeth to say who would have thought the old man to have so much blood in him. Right. And then David quotes something biblical about you know, he got what coming to him or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, that. I don't remember the second quote. But yeah, the, the, the first two comments that were made were, were quotes. and And then we, and then and then, 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 oh, the prob- superintendent happened to be outside. So they're like, someone called the police and then like the police is at the door. So he walks in right. basically just after them. Right. And um, he sees Pilar, when he comes in the room, he sees Pilar pick up something from the floor. And it's like, hey, young lady, give that to me. What did you just pick up from the crime scene? So it's already mm-hmm. setting up. you know. So we have Cabana Boy getting nervous about police. We have Pilar picking up some evidence. So there's already like some red flags going on there. Right. And then, of course, the fact that it was a room that had one door, all the windows were shut, they heard it. And it wasn't one of those. Crash, crash, right. It wasn't one of those. The windows are fake locked because it was on the, a high floor and it's not a climbable window. So right. it really was locked. But they figured out quickly that the door had been locked from the outside. Right. And obviously, the way he was like, he was like, his throat was slit or something. He, he died in a very non suicide way. There was a huge right. fight. There was all this, you know, crash and commotion and everything. The horror room's torn up. And there's blood everywhere, and he's like definitely murdered a lot. It's not suicide, murder but somehow we'll just say because, like, you know, when you when you, someone's died in the room alone, it's like, are they trying to make it suicide? But it was a very murder room. It wasn't trying to look like suicide. Yeah. But yeah. the door was locked. But they figured out that it was locked from the outside. So. Um... Then, uh, So this is all the setup for the death. And then it turns out that Poirot is spending Christmas Eve at a colonel's house. In yeah, the he's like over with his homie the colonel because that is what he does. On Christmas, like what? But yeah, whatever. and it's funny because of course it, it's very set up. They're like oh, here we are enjoying a nice Christmas Eve. I hope your work doesn't follow us and there be a murder around here ring 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 what there's a murder around here and and the colonel was even like i'm tired of all this poisonings i need like a stabbing and then like right like a throat cut um the other thing we didn't mention is that in your version in the audio book is there the um thing at the beginning where agatha writes to her i don't know it was a nephew or something at the very beginning of the book and says you said that my murders were getting very boring and none of my murders are bloody so here's a bloody murder for you no? oh no that's they don't they don't read that a lot as part of the audio book yeah so like there's a premise in the or preface preface not premise um at the front of the book where she i can't remember who this is that she's talking to but she's like
1: she did hey, a case of someone.
0: You want blood? Here's blood. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, the fact that she kept on having everybody describe how bloody it was was her. That thing. makes sense. See? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. Bloody... yeah, yeah, they just kept talking about how bloody it was, and it wasn't like the narrator describing a bloody crime scene. It was like first Trevelyan then it was like right through Faro, each character being like just so
1: much blood. every
0: character described all the blood like, that's a lot of blood <laughs> right so, so the colonel gets called there's a murder in town Proro's like cool let's go do murder stuff and then they go meet the superintendent who had been there earlier and then came back and then found it and then was like i'm in charge so then they start interviewing and so then A lot of the book was like, let's dive, do a deep dive into the pathology of this family. Let's interview everybody. Like, it reminded me of the one we just did where after the murder, it drags. It did drag. Because it's like, okay, so. Yeah. These are the facts, the seven facts. And he like goes over those seven facts with each person he interviews.
1: Oh again
0: and again. Painstaking detail. And you're like, yeah. And it's not like I mean, and maybe there's a slight difference. And like, you know, you do get to see where the nuance of the stories is different, but it's just it's so tedious. It's just so tedious. tedious. So listeners, this happened last season i got up so i wasn't on camera but she could still hear me because i was getting more beverages so (laughs) and at first she made fun of me but then if i didn't say i was right so when porsche's like don't panic i'm going i'm like why would i panic it's a it's a podcast no one can see you (laughs) i'm fine and then but like I'm watching her on video as we do this. And so the one time she didn't warn me, I was like, where'd she go? What's going on? So so Porsche's getting so, up to get what are you getting? More wine, more chocolate. More water and wine, because I'm loving this Tolberone given to me by a student. Loving it, but you have to have water and wine to kind of like talk yourself, work yourself, you know what I mean? Like it's rich. I haven't had a Tolberone since the nineties. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's do they still make those? <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> I feel like, I, God, feel like I haven't seen ones for a very, very long time. Yes, it's, it's Is it are really they good. are there different flavors? Is it still like the same milk chocolate with toffee in it? Yes. I also think I probably slightly react to it, whatever's going on with the delicious ingredients. Oh, Sometimes I think my allergies are just like too delicious. <laughs> like it has to taste a little bit like. Sort of like good and sort of like health <laughs> for me not to react to it. <laughs> if you have know, like if the replacement food is too good, then my body's like, right. let's do inflammation just in case. <laughs> oh. <But that's laughs> this right. tastes too legit. dark chocolate. I'm the one. I'm all about dark chocolate. But then that dark chocolate had wafers in it. <sighs> I know. Let's. Oh, this is an interesting podcast. Listen to people talk about their allergies. You're in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) She's taking a very long time. I'm acting like I can't continue with the conversation until she's back. Okay. So we've got the murder check. We've got Praro. And so Praro interviews. Everyone 19 times. Oh my god. And so it's like, okay, so this happened, that happened, and there's this, okay, so what we know is when everyone heard the crash, the two brothers that don't get along, Harry and Alfred, are fussing in a room. So we believe they're alibi because they don't like each other, and so they're not going to cover for each other. Right. Um, but everybody else... Steven, who's like our kind of like Supposed to be the son of his former partner, but he just showed up out of the blue. Do we believe that? And I that's what my, you know, when when you hear like um Simeon Lee had said how he like in once in South Africa, he took a really long time to exact revenge on someone and he ruined someone's life to, to take revenge. They're like, Oh, is is Stephen really the son of the person he took revenge on? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and and but he's in there f- playing records and flirting with Pilar. And and then... So that's their alibi. And then... He's playing the piano of the death march, apparently. Because ever since he got back to the house, he grew up and he's been obsessing over his dead mother. Right, and his father's been, and, uh, obs- been insulting his dead mother. And, and his and wife then, is in like, there with him. I no his wife was no he was alone there. he was alone i can't remember what she was doing and then mr mp was making a phone call but so was his wife at the same time in the same room and it's not possible because they don't have cell phones yet and yeah and they both said they had make it the phone call right before they heard the noise which doesn't make sense um I, they were in different rooms. You know, they were in different rooms but made phone calls. They were both making calls but they couldn't both be on the phone at the same time because they don't have Because double lines. lines didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. And now bubble lines don't exist because everybody has a cell phone. But for those of you who are younger than us, back when we were kids there were single lines and you had to be like can I use the phone now? And then... Um, Some of your friends were cooler than you and they had a phone. They had a house that had two phone lines because the parents decided that the teenager was on the phone all the time and the parents needed to have an open line. And so those were your friends with money. Right. And if yes, and we did not have a double line. We couldn't even, because if you tried calling into our house for the longest, you got a busy tone and then it finally got so that you could call in and click over and say hello. And oh, that was fancy. Back. And it, and there was a while when you had to click over and like it was an upgrade to be able to do call waiting, which is where you click over. But right. call waiting at first was an, was an upcharge. So we didn't have right. it. We and still so just we had the busy that. cone. So you want the right. person that you like to call you, but then they call and your mom's on the phone with her cousin and person who like called you you know you don't even know you don't there's no record of that call when they call and it's busy there's just it's just nothing and so back but back in 1938 was even before that back then people had a shared line if you were poor so like four families would have the same phone line so they all had to shit coordinate somebody like Simeon lee had a single line but only one line for the house yeah. So so the point is, is that George and his wife, Madeline? Mm, sure. She I didn't touch attach enough to her to get her name. Yeah. Um, could not have been on the phone at the same time because right. that's not how phones worked in 1938. Right. So, Pararo interviews everyone 47 times about this. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like checking on all these alibis and then he, he's psychology them, but not in an interesting way until the end. Like he doesn't, it just seems like he's going over the details over and over and over and over. And their pathologies. I mean, it's like, yes, Harry was the rebellious one who's most like his dad, yeah. who's, Yes, Stephen is obsessed with his mother. Like, unrealistically so. David is obsessed with his mother. Um, Yes, Alfred is somehow worshipping his dad, even though his dad treated him like crap. Um, Like, there's just the pathologies over and over. And then you start wondering about these wives of David and and George um, and Alfred. Because you're like, wow you know, attracted to damage much, you know. (laughs) Right. And then the whole thing with Cabana Boy, we had to find out that he was at the movies with a young lady and that that was true and he didn't sneak out and we could verify it. Right. I love how back in the day they could say, I'm going to the movies and like they were honestly might have gone been going to see more than one. They were binge watching back in the day. They went binge <laughs> watching and then not binge watching and now we're binge watching again. Is that was right? that a thing? They would they do multiples? They did multiples. Like they would go to see a double. They, they did double features double back head then? Head of, they did double features. They would do a double feature. So, I was, uh, we're going to I remember doing double features clothes. at the discount theater growing up. Yeah anyway I just think it's so funny because I never I never did double features you never did there was like a, a like one of those uh, movie theaters that had like movies that were like almost at past the run that right um, yeah in middle school we would go do that a lot. We would like go do double feature because it was it was cheap and you could see two movies. and like I think there was like a, a thing to do with children when you're like it takes a whole four maybe five hours they're out of here. <laughs> now right yeah middle school i feel like my friends and i did that a lot um so there's all these interviews and then forever yeah and then and like so the 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 book is paced on each day so like it introduces i think it starts on like maybe the 22nd or 23rd and then like progresses to christmas eve and then christmas day and then i think he finally does the big reveal on the 26th like right. Christmas so is all spent. That long. Right. Right. the The murder happens on the twenty fourth. He investigates all the twenty fifth, and so oh I think it's God. on the twenty sixth when he's like, "Okay, guys, I'll come together. I'm going to be do the big reveal." And then his big reveal is like so long and tedious. Well, we forgot to say that like somebody tries to kill Pilar. Oh right. Well, that's right before the big reveal, right? He's like, yeah. yeah. Telling her to be careful, and then like, I don't know that scene she was, was like playing with crazy. Balloons. She was playing with balloons or something, and there was a balloon. She was something happened with a balloon, and she looks go down and goes, "Oh, that's what I picked up." Right, and then Ferraro goes, "Oh, be careful! You know more than you think." And then not long after that, um, uh, then like something tries to drop on her it's like something? a like, it's like it it sounded like a cartoon or like an old school sitcom booby trap like right. like you, right, you know right. tried to go into her room and like everything fell over but then her sweater caught on something and so she didn't actually fall but it sounded very like right booby trap where everything was like a an anvil was supposed to fall on her head like wile coyote coyote <laughs> right and then like the a lawyer came and actually read the, the will, right? Right. And we found out in the will that Alfred got half. So Alfred was the son that lived there who had been doting on him all these years. So he got half. And then all the other kids got their share. Except for because the daughter had died, her share went back into the pool and Pilar got nothing. Mm-hmm. And the family decided that, with some controversy, but they did finally decide that they would they would um, put in together and give Pilar the daughter's share because they thought it was fair. Right. George didn't we were know. like he was gonna change the will in your favor anyway and it's fair because you should get your mom's share, so we're all gonna like put in for our share. but like certain of them were fussy about that, not others. Yeah, George and his wife were like, why should we help her out? Hell no but and in yeah. the in the murder, the diamonds were gone. Oh yeah, this all oh, we forgot cuz everybody thought that the murder was be- uh, a robbery and the diamonds were gone. So for the longest we're like, oh, it's a robbery, it's a robbery, it's a robbery.
1: And then Praro finds
0: them. Yeah, so the wife of Alfred, so who lives in the house, does these like miniature scenes, which I'm just picturing peep dioramas since I do those. <laughs> But she's an artist. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. did but you hear that? Listeners, she... did you just hear that? Did you hear how she said, but she's an artist? I said, because I do peep dioramas. And Portia said, but she's an artist. Uh, Shade. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Ouch. Okay. Am I diorama. my peep dioramas not art? Um, do you not uh... see my Mad Max Fury Road peeps? Um, okay, I forgot the peep pun I did already, but it was clever. It's been a while. peep Max, your <laughs> they are definitely art. When I think geez, of she's artist. artist, okay, no, yes. you're right. Peeps are peep art is not art, but just saying the butt wasn't necessary. It's true, fair, <laughs> cut, okay, fair. Cut, cut here. But anyways, so she's okay. an artist. So she does these scenes. And maybe that's why she's the one who doesn't need therapy because she does art. Right. Right. So she she does these scenes and 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 she puts together like a little miniatures and that's why I thought of Peep Barry cuz I know she did, it's like a it's like a little scenescape that she does. And Praro realizes that on the new one that she's doing some of the pebbles in the in the garden of the little house that she's building are the uncut diamonds. So they're not missing at all. They're right there. So that makes right. her look suspicious. But also like. She he, lives there. So why would she hide them in her living. own hard thing? Right. She could hide them right. anywhere. She lives there. So it makes no sense. And Pilar could have stolen them because she was in the room and he was like, hey, put these back in my safe and shut it. He, she could have not done it. Right. Um. Horbury could have done it at any time. Because um, he's sneaky. Like, there's all sorts of, like, everybody, a lot of people could have done it. But then the fact that they found him is like, well, wait a minute. I thought he was killed for these. Right. So, they're like, they were hiding in plain sight. So, an outsider definitely wouldn't hide them there. Right. It was, yeah, that was confusing. Which, when we get to the solution... I'm confused about how he knew to put them there, but whatever. Is there anything um, else we need before the solution? Are we there? Um, we're being long and tedious, like he oh, was. Uh, Pilar <laughs> did, was not happy about being given the money. Oh yeah, it was um, weird. So like the family was like, "Okay, we had a meeting. We talked about it, and we're all gonna chip in to like give you, you know, your mom share of the money." And she's like, "No, I don't want it." Blah, runaway slam door, right? And you're like, "What just happened?" And then um, they get a cable saying that Simeon's that the the partner, par- his par- the the dead guy's partner, who's so Stephen's Simeon son, Lee's partner son. in South Africa had whose son also is dead, right? So and Stephen so, can't be who he pretends to be, right? So then. Dun dun dun! So now they have the big reveal, and su- the superintendent um, accuses both Stephen and Pilar of doing it because they're not who they say they are. Because it turns out Pilar is not the granddaughter. The granddaughter. She was on a in a car with the granddaughter. Um, and, yeah, I think they were in an Uber pool. Yeah, I think they were in an Uber pool. <laughs> And she but and like the girl was like, Hey, my rich English granddad is gonna invited me over there and gonna give me a bunch of money. And then like the coal crashed and she died. And this girl survived. I think they were in a train car or something. No, they were bombed because it was 1938 Franco Spain. We're in the oh. middle of the Spanish Civil War. Um, oh, like think Guarnica, the the uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, Bekassi. I know, yeah, no, I know yeah, it, yeah. No, you're right. So okay. that's how she died. But they were so together briefly, died. but it was like a literally acquaintance. She just met her, but got the story enough that she was like, but okay, cool. Like... I'll pretend to be her and go get this fortune from this old man. But she uh, clearly, her conscience was like, I don't mind sucking money from a rich old guy. But once he was gone, then he, she was like, I don't feel good getting an entire inheritance for what would have been Pilar's in real life. Right. Right. So so uh, she is shady, but she didn't kill it. Check right. number one. And then Steven, they get a cable saying that Steven couldn't be who he said he was. And then he's like, actually, I'm um, the son of Simian Lee from the last time he went there. And this is where I look. No, again. he never said that. Paro figured it out. Or did he say oh, it? Right. No, he didn't was blame. like No, because Prairie was like, No, I could tell that you were his secret son because the way you throw your head there was a lot of this whole thing. And like if you when you go back and read it, every time there's a scene, they're constantly oh, like, knows. he threw his head back and laughed. And then like another person would like throw their head back and laugh. And so like in the denouement. I was like, I knew that you were his son because you threw your head back and laughed. And I was like, um, Counterpoint, you never met the dead guy, Praro. So how did you know that the throw your head back and laugh? I guess you've seen the sons that are the legitimate sons do this throw but their head back and laugh thing, and therefore that but is also- twenty three and me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> that's your dad. <laughs> But also, you like, are, Maury about- says, you are the father. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did she just go 2021, jump back to 1985? <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 95? That- 95. <laughs> 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 but I was like, because Primero kept saying he knew he was the son because of his, like, I mean, he, I, he says he he's, favors Harry, which okay, you're not the only person who can see that. If he really favors Harry, then like everybody sees that. But then like right. he apparently he's right. got like body language that favors. He kept saying he favors the dad. I'm like, but you never knew the dad, Paro. Like, right. so he must just right. remind you of Harry. But he kept saying you do this just like your father. But it was never established in the book that Paro had ever met the father. But I want to know what's an alkaline nose? What's a, there's a word that they use several times to describe this nose and I was like alkaline? No, it's not alkaline because that's a... like nose. Or basic? but <laughs> <laughs> well, they would describe the nose using this A word. Um, no, you're right. There was and I, I, I skipped right over it because I did not know the it's word. It's like alkaline, but it's not alkaline. And I'm probably going to drive someone crazy who listens to it be like, you've got it wrong, but Aguiline Ago. Uh, but I don't know what that means because um, I don't know what that means, but they use that word as well to describe Stephen and Harry and you know what? you know who is so smart? Google Google. <laughs> aquiline. she is just so smart. Okay, so an aquiline nose, also called a Roman nose or an Irish nose, layers because those are not the same place. <laughs> Is a human nose, thank you for clarifying that. Yes, we were human with a prominent bridge, giving it an appearance of being curved or slightly bent. The term aquiline comes from the Latin word aquinas, eagle like. So I think it's a kind with like a little bump at the top. Okay. An allusion to the okay. curved and beak of an eagle. It's not that different from alkaline. Okay, so it's not that different. Aquiline. Okay, no, you're that. right. And I remember hearing that and not knowing what it meant. And now <laughs> yeah, While some it, have ascribed aquiline nose to specific ethnic, racial, or geographic groups. It's of course not. No yeah. scientific studies support any such such linkage. Which is why calling it an Irish nose or a Roman nose, but I can think of people who have noses like that yeah apparently the 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 ethnic groups linked with it are nordic Teutonic celtic yeah. norman frankish anglo saxon native american and jewish which is lots of people a lot of the lots of people Teutonic is germanic yeah yeah I did not know that word. We're learning so much. That's not the point of the podcast. Back. To, the point of the podcast is <laughs> Agatha Christie. Just learning shit. Okay. <laughs> um. Anyway. So yeah. Now so they we, mentioned that he's got this nose that the I guess, and they make this big thing that like and Harry had the nose. So. Amanda some of the sons I... favor the mom and some of the sons favor the dad. And the ones that favor the right. dad have this nose and they always throw their head back and laugh when they laugh. And that's how you know it's the the dad. So Amanda and I previewed so we were we were gonna record last weekend when Amanda was here. Um, but then we were prepping for Thanksgiving dinner, which was making food for nine 10? 11 people?
1: 12 mm-hmm. people?
0: What was it? We, but we had to make food for 25. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why, but we did. Because we, we did. definitely made food for 25. We sure did. Um, but anyway, um, so we were prepping the food for 25 people when we were having half that. On the Friday night instead of recording, but we talked about the book briefly and we talked about the fact that, um, when a guy keeps saying, I have children everywhere over and over. Why is it that Perot who never heard him say that is the only one who figured out that Steven was his son. Right? Like if he, if, if Steven looks like the other sons. They're similar looking. Has the nose. Has the nose, has the left, has some body language in common. But only Probro was like, wait a minute. That dude looks like that other dude. And like you said, he was bragging about having sons the wrong side of the mattress. Because he would be like, and he was such a jerk. He'd be like, all of my kids are. The, the worst i probably have better sons that are just born the wrong side of the mattress but are way better than any of you losers to the room of his kids right 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 like, what do you do with that where do you right. file that in the therapy oh my god seriously. when you go yeah. to be your therapist like how do you even uh so um so yeah so Stephen Stephen was a secret son but didn't kill him and then and we, Superintendent Sugden is like, you did it. Like, like this is the mall with everybody there. And Sugden is like, you did it. And then Proro is like, dun, dun, dun. Oh, because we forgot to say, Praro ordered a fake mustache. <laughs> yes. He did. He got to Amazon Prime and was like, <laughs> next day shipping fake mustache, need it right away because I said I would solve this in 24 hours and I must have a fake mustache. And he definitely did do it Amazon Prime or whatever. Because it way, came delivery it. very quick. Like and He didn't he possibly have done check with any of the women if they had oh, an on eyebrow Christmas pencil. Day too. Right. On Christmas Day, he'd get a delivery of a fake mustache from dragkings.org and... <laughs> No, but back then they would have called it that when they would have called it male impersonators.org right <laughs> but, but whatever <laughs> .org <was the> thing. <laughs> just like where did you get this fake mustache on christmas day to come and you didn't go out he's not like i'll be right back i'm gonna run to london real fast and go to <laughs> the queer I don't neighborhood I have a Problem with the dot org I'm like well, no. <laughs> they would have called it male and person. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <sighs> like where did you yeah and he had he'd requested that he could have this huge um, portrait or photo of Mr. Dead Guy in his room where he was staying because everybody's staying in the house because again it's Downton Abbey there's rooms for everyone Okay, so this is where I'm imagining... So they were like, okay, you can take that photo of Dad to bed with you, you weirdo. So this is where I'm imagining the scene from uh, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> I do not know this uh, film well enough to know the scene you're... I have seen it, but probably okay. not since 1994, so you're going to have to refresh me. So it's got some unfortunate transphobia, which, you know, but, uh, so there's a scene where he's trying to figure out the connection between the uh, police lieutenant and this guy who kicked um, the, missed the field goal for the Dolphins in the Super Bowl way back. And he's like trying to figure this out. And his dog puts his tail over the face of the police lieutenant and he realizes dun 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 oh my god the police lieutenant is the kicker from back then but they have changed genders uh, uh, but there's a little bit of transphobia because the police lieutenant is now female um and then the man uh, the, the kicker was male so there's a little bit of got it unfortunate transphobia but he doesn't realize this until the dog puts his tail over the face like a mustache, and then he recognizes it. Right. So now I'm imagining the same thing that Perro was in his room with this portrait of the dead guy, and he puts the fake mustache that he ordered over the, the literally of the dead guy. He literally he did that. He told us that he was so clever. He told us that he literally. <laughs> Put the fake but, mustache on the photo and then, and then he realized dun 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 that Superintendent Sugden, who had a gorgeous mustache, looked a lot like the dead guy. Right. And he was from the next town over. So basically, Mr. Lee had also had extramarital relationships with the mother of the police officer right and clearly he held a grudge about this and and, he- and so again like it was kind of like the same thing like you also threw your head back when you laugh and you also have the aquiline my new vocabulary word nose aquiline, and aqua, aqua. it's really hard for me now to say alkaline Aquiline. 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 <laughs> and then he's like, but I had no idea or I thought of it. But once mm-hmm. I put the mustache on the photo, then I knew. Which, again, it's very Clark Kent with the glasses. Like, you couldn't recognize him without the with or without the mustache. Like, <laughs> right, seriously. <laughs> and no one, again, similar to Stephen, no one else noticed that this cop looked like everyone in the family since these right. are really strong drains. only Praro noticed it so it's actually a very clever solution I've been complaining a lot because it's a tedious book but the but the plot is smart book. so the the reveal is that cop comes the cop called oh oh the other the other story that we got we didn't say this when the cop was like, oh, yeah, I was here earlier. He told me that he oh, his yeah. diamonds had been stolen. He was trying to figure out who it was. It was between one or two people. He didn't want to make a big deal because it might be in the family. So he told me to come and say I was collecting for charity and he wanted to meet with me. We met and then he said, I'm going to talk to people in my family, come back at blah, blah, blah o'clock, come back at eight or nine or whatever it is. So that's why the right. policeman was there when the dead body was found. Is because like the, the man, he said that the man had told him to come back. The truth is that he had actually called him and said, you're going to be robbed. I'm going to come meet with you. I'll tell the lie about collecting for charity. And then he went up and met with him at the time that we all know he met with him, but he killed him at that time. Right. He killed him right then. He killed him an hour before, two hours before, hour and a half before. Right. Before Um, we thought that the murder happened. Right. And then he set up like the most MacGyver thing that you can imagine to set the time of death. Right. So he basically stacked all of the furniture in the room on top of each other. And like, Again, this is it feels kind of like Looney Tunes, as I was saying, with right. like just like the attempt on Pilar's life. Like it all feels very wily e. coyote. Like he stacked up all the 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 furniture on top of each other, but then with a chain or a strap or a rope in it, so it could be like tugged through the window and make it all fall down and crash. Which right is easy to say, but doesn't sound easy to do. Right. It right. doesn't I'm mean, like yeah. For it to look like a struggle and not just look like a pile of furniture, and to have this rope like it, and then for you, there's a lot me and like for people not to hear you dragging the furniture around. I have questions. Right. There's that. And then there was the screen that we said at the beginning was described a bazillion times as inhuman or horrible or bone chilling or whatever. Pig slaughter. And the clue of that Pilar picked up something that looked like a balloon. So it was a balloon. I mean, it was a, uh, actually what I imagined was a whoopee cushion, the kind that you can buy. Right. It literally sounded like a whoopee cushion. <laughs> Good. I'm so glad it wasn't just me. That it was I'm literally like, whoopee. oh, it was a whoopee cushion. So like some kind of like a whoopee cushion that makes a scream instead of a fart. But that's a thing. Right. It's a thing that they know about. Right. But in this stack of like a desk and a chair and some china and all the things that's set up to fall, whoopee cushion is in there too. So right. that when it all comes crashing down, it pushes the whoopee, and, whoopee cushion and you hear a scream. And then what? Uh, what set it off? He had to like, I think he literally had to like pull a rope. From outside the oh, window. That's right. He was outside the window and he pulled the rope. That's right. That's right. He pulled the rope so... from outside the window, and then the other thing was with the with the blood is that he actually put a chemical in the blood to make it be more blood, which I never understood why he did that. I think it was to confuse the time of death. Right, but there was a course, thing where he. I don't remember what it was chemical it was. Hour and a half. I'm not sure exactly the disc time, because he left and then they had dinner i'm not sure how long dinner was but anyway because the the family was getting ready for dinner when he was there and then they had dinner and apparently dude was already dead and then they had already left dinner and gone to their separate like whatever's when this happened i mean he could not have timed it for more perfect timing Because if he had done it during dinner, they would have all had alibis. Right. It was after dinner. Which is another good um, question that we have, is how did he time that? I guess he could, like, look in the window and see when dinner was done. I guess he could be spying outside. Yeah, yeah, because clearly upset. But what was the thing Um, with the chemical and making more blood out of the blood, like, to, like, make the blood be bloodier, more blood? Like, and why did that help? I'm not quite sure because, of course the temperature of the body would still be wrong, right? Right, like the more blood doesn't change the time of death. It was really like, but he did something where he put a chemical in the pool of blood that like made it expand and be bloodier, but I don't know to what end. Yeah. And yeah. so that's why, but like that resolved the issue why everyone was like, shit, that's a lot of blood. <laughs> it's because it was, it was like some he'd done something to make it more bloody And I I guess that's just so when you walked in the room after the furniture crashed and everything, it was like splashed everywhere. It was wild. But I didn't understand why that was necessary or helpful to him. They didn't talk about the temperature of the body ever. Right? Right. Because, right, if you come in. And you think he's literally just died. The temperature of the body is going to be very different. Should not be an hour guys... and a half cold. Right. Right. That's a really good point. But they never talked about that at all. No, they didn't. And it's not like or Christie doesn't know about this stuff. Yeah. So then, super happy fun times. Oh my God. Super happy fun times in the weirdest, like, so, so Stephen, the secret son who didn't kill him, and Pilar, who's not Pilar, she's actually Conchita. They go back to South Africa and get married together and go be happy because, like, hey, you like to be fake people. I like to be fake people. Let's go do that we're in South Africa. Not related, so we're not related. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, I'm your fake niece. Right. So they go to South Africa to be happy. Right. David decides not to keep... Because, like, Alfred, who lives in the house, is like, we're going to sell the house and I'm going to move on from doting on my father because he died. I'm going to move on and be healthy. But then he's like, David, like, you loved mom, so why don't you take some of her favorite things? And David says, no, I've been to therapy and... I don't want any of mom's things. I'm gonna, I don't right. know. And he also forgave her his dad once he was dead. There was that. Like, now I'm no longer angry at dad because right. he's dead. Harry's still gonna um, be the worst. Right, but he was, Harry, he's never gonna listen to this, so it's okay. He's it kind of like Brian. Ah! i don't think brian has ever been convicted or accused of of writing checks (laughs) no no i just mean in the sense of like not gonna grow up right right not gonna settle down not gonna grow up just gonna be you're just gonna do the thing you know and that's fine that's great you know like that's fine Right, and he's I don't even mean the worst. I I, I think I'm at the worst on him in being embezzly and having like an ego about it and being like, like he was kind of a, a dick to everyone. Right, and for no reason, in this kind of like entitled white boy reason. And I don't mean Brian. And he's kind of like, all. yeah, I stole from dad, and dad still likes me better than you, you douche. Like to his right. brother, entitled. who's been there doting on his father, so he seemed like a jerk. But you're right, he is—he's a bit of a Peter Pan, and he's going to keep doing that right oh it turns out um, that the reason the phone calls the phone call couple that was that couldn't have happened was because mr mp is having an affair and madeline was losing all this money cuz she he had married a trophy wife and then they were both broke and yeah right so she was in debt and being about that and he was talking to some buddy not his wife and the reason why they couldn't have the cop, they weren't on the phone at the same time, is he got off the phone and started searching the desk of Alfred? Right. He was snooping. He was snooping. Um, I think that's the end of remember. the Super Happy Fung times. And then what, right. I guess, does the superintendent off? actually get to go to jail? Does he not kill himself or get killed or something? Does he actually... I think they- I think he goes to jail. Yeah, because they don't talk about him. Law Law and Order Agatha Christie edition happens. Yeah, um, <clears throat> was um, George and Madeline uh, not part of the super happy fun time? I can't remember. Are they the MP and wife? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if we got closure with them. But both David and Hilda, we never mentioned her name before, <clears throat> and Alfred and Lydia are like much happier once right this is over and then of course steven who's apparently a lot older than pilar because he was pretending to be a he was a son and she is was pretending to be a granddaughter so but whatever um <laughs> so age different ew at least they're not related um so they have super happy fun time but the David and Hilda and Alfred and Lydia are like super happy fun time. Oh, and the, um, the super happy fun of it all is that like David and Lydia are like to Stephen and Pilar are like, who is really Conchita, are like, next time you're in England, come and we'll have a proper English. We don't care that you scammed us and we're a fake granddaughter and he's the illegitimate son. Just come and have Christmas. That's not awkward. Well, we already had the most awkward christmas ever so oh well, yeah the murderer that. makes things awkward it's true but it is this kind of like so one of the things agatha bobby either they need a lot of therapy or absolutely none at all because this one horrible guy dies and these people are clearly in their forties and fifties and everybody's like no therapy needed, everything's awesome. But like I told when we did the last one, the death on the Nile. That mm-hmm. that the uh, no, appointment with death. Appointment with death, thank you. It, thank you. Yeah, this is the one with the bad name. But appointment with death makes no sense. There's no appointments. And it's on the Nile. So, okay. <laughs> I understand the death on the Nile was literally on a boat. But in this case, it, okay. So, an appointment with death. Appointment with death, um, right. Um, right. Where we're, so, we, we, we went on and on in that one about how would they really be happy five years later. But this one, she didn't even give them five years. She's like, okay, it's December 26th. Everyone's fine. Right. The death everyone's was on the 24th. Super- <laughs> well and that one because i remember i told you that the alternative one where uh, the the play version mm-hmm. of appointment with death even though the mom is dead they're still trapped and it's like this great like even though she's dead they're still like stuck and they can't move and then mm-hmm. until it gets solved and then it turns out the mom herself had had um Staged her in suicide, right? And so, um, that one is interesting because she gave them either they couldn't move on at all, or in five years, they're super happy, fun. But this one, they are super happy, fun in a day, yes. And
1: with finding out,
0: and, then, and this is like considering like new information, like this family just found that they have two brothers that they didn't even know about, one who showed up. Lying about who he was, the other one who showed up, lying about who he was, and killed Dad. Right. And Dad was also the worst. And I've a lot to think about. I need to go sit for a while. (laughs) Right? Like that's a lot. That is a lot. I mean, when I have two new brothers, and there's probably more out there. These are just the two that like were bold enough to show up and lie about who they are. So when Amanda was here visiting, when we were having Thanksmas, uh, my husband and I had to have a vet come over and help us put a cat down. How do you, What is the right way to say it? I mean, uh, euthanize? Right way? Yeah, euthanize a cat who was suffering. She was 16. She was old and she was suffering. And it has fucked with us all week. And it was Aww. hard before, and but we were both have been so tired. Um, Chris talked about being shaky on that day. I don't know if I told you that when you were here, he was like, "I just feel like I'm shaking," and he probably didn't want to say it in front of you because he's like embarrassed because toxic masculinity is part of our culture, you know. But he was saying it to me. He's like, "I just feel shaky," and Aww. like that was a cat who lived with us for six years and lived out mostly outside and my 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 analogy is this is a dad right (laughs) and they were like with a traumatic death who was murdered and he was a jerk And it's hard to process feelings around someone who you have complex... Like, you know, it's terrible when someone's killed and you were mad at them. And there's a lot to process there. Right. Because you have complex feelings about your parents no matter what. As we know. You know? And so, like, anyway, I'm just saying... Right. But they're just like, cool! High five! Like, you know, freeze frame ending! Right. (laughs) Right. So, like... This is why this is this book is not fun. Because it's trauma through the entire thing. And then the last five pages are like, oh, we feel so much better now. Everything's relieved. Yeah, it almost like I it would have it's weird to say but it would have been felt better if it ended dark. Yeah. Like you don't want Pilar and Stephen to like get together and be happy. You want it to be like awkward and weird and everyone goes off their own way and, like still has like yeah like that would have felt better it's very right. incongruent the fact that like everyone's like woohoo and
1: so quickly
0: it, yeah because it's supposed to be because it's supposed to be a, the christmas one or but and it's, just, oh it's and the pacing is so weird right because the investigation is in time quick but in the telling of it so tedious but then oh, the resolution okay. is so abruptly fast right and then jarringly fast right and i don't know so first of all again terrible title because this is not hercule Praro's christmas no it was In this no guy's way- christmas that hercule Praro was like i mean he did spend the 25th doing this investigation but it had nothing this to do with Cindy him. It is Christmas. So the title is terrible. It is a Christmas. Um, but yeah, when I when I when I went to like reread this one, I was like, "Oh right, that was over Christmas because it it doesn't really have a Christmas feel." I mean, not that it has to, but it is in the title. <laughs> right. I mean, cuz like, yeah, so like you know Christmas that one, terrible- you know the one um what's the name of it where like the friend skis down and kills him. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like, that one um, felt more like it's about winter. It's about... Like, that could have been a Christmas story because it was a very, like, literally, like, skiing to kill and, like, all the things, right? Like, that had some definitely, like, oh, this is very important that it's about winter and all the things. But this one would just, like, happen to be... It could have been any day. Right. And uh, the fact that he was bringing... They talked about how he's bringing his family together for christmas well now we've read enough of her books to know that old rich british families bring people together to a party at their house regularly right
1: yeah so there wasn't any
0: that felt yeah you're right it is it's another terrible title it could have been something right yeah it could have just been a whim right right so it had nothing there was no trees there's no children thank god because it was so dark thank god yeah so it's like the least christmasy thing you've ever read
1: so the yeah. title
0: and then there's only one murder in it which you know they tried they did an almost murder of Pilar which um might have been more interesting and more in tune with what happened if she was killed and then they said well she was killed because she realized it that it was a balloon Even though Poirot heard her say it was a balloon, right? um, So why killing her was kind of pointless, but whatever. But also, here's the questions. Okay. Besides, of course, like super happy, fun ending, we're not buying. How would Sugden, Superintendent Sugden, know to put the diamonds in her in uh, Lydia? Lydia? Mm -hmm. Lydia's art how would he possibly know that how could he get in there how did that happen well I think the premise of that was that like he was just like in the yard she's like building this in the yard and he was like ooh those you know stones in the garden of that miniature look like these so I'll just put them in there real fast he just came up with that off the top when because he was hanging out in the yard for like an hour and a half Waiting for the right. time to do the fake noise. Why didn't he just steal the diamonds? Right. What What good was it to just leave him there? Like, right, right, if he's gotten nothing, like if his, if his bitterness is over mistreatment of his mother and he got nothing and these people are rich and all the things, why wouldn't he actually take the diamonds? And cause he was, right. Instead he of- killed the guy, but he never got any money. There was no plan for him to get any money. So, why would he not keep the diamonds and sell them and then get the money that his no good father owed him? Which, you know, I know that one of the things, and this is Agatha Christie does this a lot, that pathologies are inherited that somehow revenge is a dish served cold by this family, but I don't buy it because it, does, it doesn't make a lot of sense that the guy would grow up, become a police superintendent, go through all his trouble, and then I could see him. Right. Really kill the guy prim- and get zero gain out of it, except for that you're dead. Right. Like, why would he not also steal the diamonds and get some money out of it? Like, why would he not be like, and you owe us. So I stole right. the diamonds. Right, because he could have, because he could have just left. Because he did steal the diamonds, so why didn't he keep because them? Because he did steal the diamonds, so he could have just taken but, them and, and put them would. somewhere. Right. in his pocket, he could have just gone. Right, All no right. one's gonna search the cop. So yeah, right. that's a good question. I didn't think of that. I mean, I sort of did, but yeah, yeah, I like the way you said that. So, okay, so uh, we're back to okay. our summary thoughts on this book. Right. So besides like a of a rant. Yeah, so we were talking about like okay, we were way too happy too quick. And it wrapped up too neatly. And why didn't we recognize them? The actual murder and like the solution was cool. Right, the fact that it was the cop, and like in the one, in all of the tedious things that ProRose says, the interesting thing that he says is, we forget that policemen are people. Right. So I thought that was poignant. And the fact that like it turns out to be like, yeah, the policeman is the one who did it. Like you don't see that coming. It's a murder in the bottle, except for it's not because, you know, he comes in and out of the scene. Right. Which, by the way, speaking of you said hours, uh, when we did Tommy and Tuppence because um, there's one where the cop did it and then Tommy and Tuppence. Oh, you're right. Mm-hmm. And that might have even been the quote, but policemen are people too. And in that case, the policeman was the ex-wife. And so uh, but anyway. So. You're right. Yeah, it was right. Right, he killed his ex-wife. You're right. But anyway, so it's a, but it is a trick. Like it's a nice trick to have it because it's the murder in the bottle. But the the having the policeman do it is a nice trick because he's a person um, who's there, but you don't consider him. Right. Um. So. So the actual murder mechanics. Are good. Like well, I don't. I didn't necessarily buy the like stack all the yeah. furniture and, and set it up with a rope to all fall down. Like I was like, I was just, it just sounds, it's just kind of too cartoony to me. Right. And the fact that nothing would fall during the hour and a half when he was outside. It's right. all so well stacked that nothing fell until you pulled this rope to unravel. Like it just,
1: right. it just it sounds cartoony.
0: like, it, it sounds like, okay, this is going to sound really stupid, but um i've been watching baking impossible on netflix which this irish guy came up with where he wants a baker and an engineer to make <laughs> things together including like um a bridge uh a robot are you serious this is a show this is a show where they but everything has to be edible and also they have to be something that's um like they're judged on their like <laughs> baking and their engineering and they call it Baconeering. And, and these are like trained, like literally take it, take it back. But these are like literally <laughs> trained engineers who have jobs in engineering <laughs> and a lot of things go wrong and they spend hours putting it together. So here's a dude who's not an engineer and he somehow stacks on the furniture wraps a rope about it and puts this balloon thing that is gonna make a squealing noise and it all gets triggered by one rope and everything works out fine. And then the rope can disappear like, it's just just something too cartoonish. And then the whole like put a chemical in and make the blood be bloodier. The chemical didn't even make any sense. Like why, why, why? Anyway, so, but there were some things that about the logistics of the murder that were cool. And the pathology of the family was interesting when they first described the family and they were getting ready for the murder. Like the pre-murder was interesting. The post-murder, when we just got over and over the same message, about their pathology was like boring. Right, and, and it, it was oversimplified. Like, the one was a David who was close to the mom. Like, he was so upset by the father being a dick to him that he was in there playing the death march because he was thinking about killing his father, but he didn't. But, like, that's how over the top the psychology was, was like I'm mad at dad, I wish he was dead I'm going to play the death march on the piano right. like just
1: yeah, beating it yeah. over the
0: head where it's just like you know like if I'm angry at a family member <laughs> you know okay. what I mean, just like playing the death march is just like what like hmm right. it, it, it was just like so over the top and Harry was like I'm a reckless recklessly y McRe- McRecklerson and <laughs> like everyone was I, kind of a caricature. I knew that was the best thing. <laughs> I could Sorry. barely make the name. I was like, I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. <laughs> that it worked for you. <laughs> Recklessly, McR- <laughs> but everyone oh was very much a, uh, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a. Cartoon of the of the version of of the of the person, right? And the only person who seemed decent was Lydia, who was Alfred's wife, and I'm thinking that's what Agatha imagined herself as, right? Mm-hmm. Because Lydia was an the artist who lived there but had spark. So the right, bad she guy was like her, yeah. She she yeah. She stood up to the whole situation. She was an artist, right? She was the most interesting person, and Pilar was interesting, but of course she was someone who came into this just to be a scammer. right and so but yeah so yeah but but over and over and over again we got this message of their pathology which is another why reason and in a very oversimplified way like right people are more reason why the sudden happy fun times made no sense because on uh appointment with death thank you for reminding of the name uh we didn't even go into as much pathology as we did on this one. And so like, but it seemed more complex because it seemed like, you know, like the, the one that the doctor lady was interested in the son that he, you know, was under the mom's control, but then like, all of a sudden was like, I love you. I love you. Love her. And in some ways that was realistic because he was like, I'm right. under her control. And I'm escaping. The wife was like, "I'm, I, I, can't do this anymore. This is terrible. I'm leaving." In this case, the wives were and, like, and and this the, seems and the and cool. the right, yeah, no, yeah, I did think in that book the people's pathology in response to the tyrannical parental figure was more realistic and nuanced in that one, and in this one they were all just like cardboard cutouts of like, "I'm," you know, the prodigal son. I'm. The one who's mopey about my mother. Oh, he's dead now. It's all solved. I no longer want those items. I no longer want reminders of my mother. I'm fine now. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. Yeah. And I have also forgiven my dad for being a jerk up until the day he died. Well, and that's the thing is like um, yeah, I was thinking about this in terms of you're right that other one was dark and stayed dark and then it was like five years later things were better and i like that better it was just a you know um and the pathology was more interesting and more drawn out but this one it seemed like she was kind of except for the Solution itself, which was a little bit of a twist, like having be the cop, everything. But it's very actually, it's funny because it's actually kind of the same book over again tyrannical parental figure, the family's all suspicious, an outsider did it, and it fixes them. It's the same plot, it's just replaced the mother for the father and a different kind of tyranny. But like, basically, it's like an asshole parent. A bunch of kids who didn't do it, an outsider did it. I mean, in this case, the cop, the outsider is one of the kids, but we don't know that. You know, he's an illegitimate right, son, right. That. so it's like it's not one of the family that knows about itself, and it's basically the same book over again, right? But lazier, but lazier because yeah, I, I yeah, it's a lot less. You don't really believe. Right, it it just they all feel cartoony in terms of their the way that they're like, and this goes back to the the preface that she wrote, where she was like, "You told me that my deaths have gotten to not bloody enough." Where I was just like, "So you wrote the same book, but and made it bloody, you know, like (laughs) like with a throat slashed and then a chemical to make the blood be more blood? (laughs) Why?" Right. The chemical makes no sense. I still don't. Yeah. So, yeah. So we didn't love this one. Give it a so Portia scale score. Mm, four or five. Like, it's it's not okay. I would ever Remember, read. the four is the big four. So remember. Is, is it as bad as the big four? Yes. You think it's as bad as the big four? Yes. Oh wow, that's huge! Because to me, like the Big Four is like bad for like books in general. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean because it's overtly bad. Like the Big Four is like this one is still a well constructed murder mystery. Okay, fair. The characters, the characters are you know one dimensional, but. You know, you're in a rush. You got deadlines. You need to get a book out this year. You got bills to pay. Characters <laughs> are one-dimensional. But it's still a well-constructed. Yes, right, this is the far is a far road on too long, but like, there's not... The the villains don't all die in a volcano at the end. Or a mountain. <laughs> or self just They don't all hit the self-destruct button and but, die in a okay, mountain at You tell end. me that the Porsche scale is the Porsche scale. Do I enjoy this book at all. No, there's nothing about it that's enjoyable. You are correct that I have no right to criticize your four. <laughs> I want to make my case and change okay. your mind. But okay, how about four? If this is big four bad to you, then it is big four bad to you. It is the Porsche scale, and you are correct. Yeah, I mean maybe a five because it's the murder itself is interesting, like killing and coming back. It hadn't had all the It's furniture. faking the time of death and it's the policeman doing it. All those things are interesting. And there's no, interesting. <laughs> oh, there's no fake twin. There's no fake twin. Sorry. But now you've got me on the big floor. <laughs> but there are a bunch of a bunch of men who all apparently look the same except for one as a mustache. And no one notices except for Praro. I, no I think the problem is exactly. the big four needs to be a two, and this should be a four. Okay, there's that. Okay, fair, fair. Like, yeah. like if 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 there is a scale, something has to be a one or a two, right? Like you have to establish the base as well, right? Right. So what maybe the big four needs to be. Book? It's clearly the big four, I mean, I haven't been through all of them yet. But that's just just the trash a, <laughs> <laughs> a trash heap of a book. Trash heap of a book. <laughs> oh, he God. fakes his death with a fake twit and the fake twin and the fake mustache over the. Oh, it just sounds like a bad soap opera. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. Porsche scale. This is a four. It's her scale. And I understand the reason. And, like, yeah, it's not one that you want to reread because. But it—it it was what I did enjoy was like I was like oh this feels very Knives Out like there's a mood about it that's very that's very Knives Out, right? But Knives Out has a humor to it.
1: Well, yeah, I don't mean ahead.
0: like the actual right what happens, but, I mean, but just the setup of like this big rich family and then the outsider who happens to be a a young Latinx woman, <laughs> right? And but I guess that's the like the thing is that she, Agatha Christie, I mean, has sometimes does ones with humor throughout. and the tummy and tuppence are the great best examples, but sometimes even um satterways or Per have something that have humor in it. yeah, they're so humor this one this is just dark, 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 boring, dark, super happy fun time, like, yeah, you know, so it's like all the worst, all of the worst, you know I. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the words. fact that it he had to it. order the mustache from Which said, I'm sorry he couldn't, net. he couldn't hold up a, a tie or a belt. I'm sorry. <laughs> his finger or like, you know, like any, like... right. He you can't no imagine, like, I'm looking, at, I'm looking at your face right now on this video screen. I can picture a mustache on you. Like, just with my eyes. I can just, like, with my imagination, I can picture, like, a mustache on Portia. It looks funny. You know, right, but or I could do this. Here I am. I'm holding up I'm not, right. I think. <laughs> there's a lot of ways to picture a mustache on someone in <laughs> your imagination. You could write, well, we had to have the moment when the people in the family discovered that he ordered the mustache on Christmas Day because there's Amazon Prime in London <laughs> in 1938. <laughs> And I don't think it's in London because it's this big estate house, so it's outside of London, right? right? So it's not even like you can just... Yeah. By the way, have you noticed how Sushi is just being regal over here? Oh, she's been regal this whole time. She's been like, (laughs) this podcast is really about me. I can tell they're talking about me and how pretty (laughs) I am. Right. Oh my gosh, it's snowing. Is it snowing? Oh my gosh, it's totally snowing. Oh, look at it. It is your your (laughs) new Christmas. (laughs) Super happy, fun snow. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's totally snowing. I mean, it's not big wet flakes, but that's snow. That's funny. I just looked out and looked in the, you know, the street light. I'm like, wait a minute. I actually saw it catching in the light, but I thought it was just rain. No, it's snow. That's funny. It's been really wet all day. Well, that's funny. How very Christmassy of our episode. I know, right? <laughs> um, it's Super not happy sticking. fun snow. Super <laughs> happy fun snow. Yeah, I don't. It's, I doubt it's gonna stick because it's been kind of warm. And of course, what's the point of snow if it's not gonna stick? Or my kids aren't gonna see it. So whatever. I'm all like. I'm criticizing your snow, people. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, what a weird Christmas one. Like, just to call it Histro Christmas. It seems like she's yeah. angry at Christmas, but whatever. Yeah. but um, So there we are. So, by the way, random Agatha Christie note. Do you remember uh, uh, the opening collection of miss marple stories and pile of carpine yes so have you seen the news story about pile of carpine no okay so uh so <laughs> I, of carp- first of all of carp- somebody carp- talked to, somebody <laughs> talked about this on the Agatha Christie, like Facebook, like that one group that I joined because it was like Agatha Christie fans and, um, but then I read the New York Times article, but also I'm interested in it because it could, so apparently there are drops now that are made up of pile carpine and other things I'm presuming that you can put in your eyes. Instead of wearing reading glasses, if you're our age and you can't focus. What? I'm serious. Look it up. There's these new eye drops. And you would do- can I use it as an antidote if someone tries to murder me with a certain <laughs> thing? I'll just have it on the... Right. So look this up because I... Yeah. The i i'll have to find it for you but every agatha christie fan is like oh my god pile of carpine. i'm all about it but also <laughs> I'm over 40 and i'm all about it like seriously i want to get these and you can get a prescription for them this is so very instead exciting of, instead of getting reading glasses you just put these drops in your eyes every morning and you can focus the only fascinating. problem fascinating is- it makes it harder to drive uh at in darkness but you know anyway so look that that's up. fascinating so both because <laughs> we're over 40 and because we're i got the Christie fans all about we gotta the get it i gotta, 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 gotta get <laughs> i don't know if it's covered by insurance but oh man but as we um, are realizing more and more that uh, we um, focusing on small things gets harder and harder. It as sure your does. Get... It's just I feel like the biggest that. tell for you and me for our age is the like when you do the like holding the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Right, or and you way because, you're like, I mean, you, can, you can get away with passing for younger until like someone tries to show me something on their phone and I'm like holding it at full arm's length away from right. my I mean, face. My phone, and I've blown up my font, so it's much, much bigger. And people are like, Whoa, your font is big. And I'm like, Oh, what it is, really? Yeah, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so but now, you just need to get some pilocarpine Yes. So, load of fish, pile of pile of pile yep. of. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have to find the article, but uh, yeah. Oh, so that's wasn't that cool. that's very cool. So, all right. All right. What's so, our next book? What's our next book? Okay, it's not okay. Um. Do, 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 do. New eye drops offer an alternative to reading glasses five days ago. Murder is easy. Right, murder is easy. Active ingredient is a drug called pilocarpine, which, and it is not a new medication. Sure isn't. (laughs) Sure isn't. Well, I learned about it from Ms. Marple at uh, Tuesday. What is it? Tuesday murder? I, I always can now I confuse that name with the Thursday Murder Club. It's just... Yeah, it's the Tuesday murder club. I mean, there could no way the person who wrote the Thursday Murder Club didn't know about the Tuesday night club. Tuesday Club Murders. Tuesday Club Murders, okay. Right. It's very I mean again, I think the Thursday Murder Club is an homage. But uh, yeah. Um but yeah, murder is easy. And that's interesting because it's nobody. It's not Miss Marple. It's not Poirot. Um, yeah. So um, okay. So that's our next one. It's also written in 38. It's the only other one she did in 38. Which I sound like I'm like, she only wrote two in 38. Like, I think she should be writing more. And I don't mean to say Well, that. since this one was a pile of carp according to you. <laughs> hopefully you know she phoned this one in so yeah yeah she definitely we'll we'll well, see how murder is easy holds up yeah yeah i think it does i think it's better all right well um uh, (laughs) it's gonna be my new insult that's a pile of (laughs) carp that's a pile of carp um uh, merry or i suppose happy christmas but also this might not come out before Christmas because Christmas is in a week. And, and I'll yeah. do my best. But yes. Yeah, we'll, happy and holidays maybe, and or maybe happy 2022. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. We'll, we'll we'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you for listening to Paropod. Pod. Good night. <laughs>